This is the Intentional Disruption Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Demo. It's been a while since I've been on this microphone. For those of you that don't follow my social, in the last couple weeks I got married to an amazing woman. And if you'd listened to the last podcast, you'd know that because we did one episode from our honeymoon in Hawaii and made some promises that I didn't keep because energetically it just didn't make sense to me, I guess, to be recording podcast episodes when I was devoting my time to my now wife, which in hindsight, I mean, that sounds a little bit stage five clinger, and I'll grant that, but was trying to be in the moment and just disconnect and let loose from everything. The good news is I have a ton of topics that came up as a result of some of the conversations and events that have occurred over the last couple weeks that I'll be excited to share with you. An example of one of those stories actually applies to my day at work yesterday as well. And it's about being direct. When I was on my honeymoon, I heard people that were frustrated, people that were flustered, because they wanted something. The problem was, they weren't asking for what they wanted. And I don't mean in the, you know, Karen way of let me see your manager. Sorry if there's any Karens out there listening. But being wishy-washy. And this is something that I'm being guilty of many times as well, is beating around the bush. And when you do that, instead of just stating to the universe exactly what you damn well want, you either get varying degrees of what you are looking for, or potentially because, you know, the verbal format has many opportunities for misinterpretation, you could end up getting the exact opposite of what you want. So the tip there is to ask for exactly what you want. Now that's cool, Mike. You were on a honeymoon, you're in Hawaii, and you figured out that people maybe don't know exactly what they want or how to ask for it. What's that mean for me? So let me tie that in for you with a conversation that I had just yesterday. Um, So in my role in sales in the organization that I work in, I do well 
know, the tickets that I helped with before I left all came in. So I was away for two weeks this last month, that month being October, and we're still number one territory in our division. Um, I think we ended up number two in the channel, and I wasn't here for two weeks. Now next month it'll be a little bit froggy trying to uh, get those dollars in the door. But I was giving guidance and counsel yesterday to a newer uh, sales rep on the team. And it had to do with not necessarily even asking for the sale. See, there's uh, a lot of phone work in our current role, which... I mean, it's cool. It's a little bit, you know, 1980s. It's a little, you know, technology has definitely progressed to the point where it shouldn't be as much of a phone-driven job, but it is for now. And the top thing that I hear when I hear people having a, a conversation or leaving a voicemail for somebody, and I'll use my name to protect the innocent here, but hey, it's Mike over at Peru. Um, was wondering if you might have a couple minutes this week to talk about XYZ idea. Because I think it might be impactful to your business. When you get a chance, if you could, please give me a call at 555-whatever-whatever-whatever. Yada, 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 yada. And when I hear that, I have to step back and just like, bro, would you answer that phone call? Would you respond to that phone call? The answer is no. And the callback rate that most salespeople get says that. No, people aren't going to respond because they have no reason to respond to you. So if you're a leader of a sales organization, it would behoove, I love that word, ever since I was in the Marines, I love that word. It would behoove you to take a listen and cut out these maybe pamby words, these wishy-washy non-words. In a sales or any sort of role where you need to communicate effectively, could, would, should, don't work. As my coach, uh, Ryan, once told me, it's, look, man, it either needs to be a hell yes or a hell no. Like, there's no room for gray. And that's what I was trying to get across to this newer rep, because he's a good dude. And I didn't want him to fall into the same trap that some of these quote-unquote seasoned vets were falling into. And that applies for any written communication, um, especially email, which in the financial services industry, if you're not aware, good 
luck trying to actually put together a good sales email because for some reason for propriety's sake we're <laughs> we're not supposed to be <laughs> recommending anything it's like well what on god's green earth are we actually doing here folks if i know that product x can improve you know client becky's chance at not running out of money in retirement by 20 percent based on you know the factoids that all financial planners use why can i not say that it's an interesting thought for another day but even with an email, do you take the time if you communicate via email to generate revenue for your business? Have you ever taken 10 minutes to look and see what current trends in digital media are? Have you listened to Marketing School, uh, Eric Sue, Neil Patel? They do like five, 10 minute quick hitters on how to conduct digital business. And I mentioned that because one of the big new programs that came out is our marketing team had created pre-approved email templates to send to advisors. And they asked me if I would be using them. And I said no. And they asked why. You know, we finally give you an email template that you can just use and blast out. It's approved. You don't have to go through marketing compliance and all these other hoops. Why would you not use this tool that we're giving you? And <laughs> back in the day, there's a radio ad. Um, I forget what the dude's name was, but um, his website was something like yourmarketingsucks.com, which is epically funny. And the reason that I wouldn't use it is, well, unfortunately, your marketing sucks. Because you're a Fortune 100 company and you have these minions in compliance that, in legal that are like, oh, well, you have to be fair and show both sides, you end up with a email where the subject is 12 words long. I don't know about y'all, but... Half my emails are less than 12 words if you take out my signature. Why is my title going to be 12 words? That's incongruous with the way that, one, I personally communicate. Two, the way that my advisors know that I communicate. And when you have a lack of synchronicity in your messaging, people aren't going to buy from you. It's a fun fact, uh, when I ran my Cutco office back in the day, my mentor John Wasserman had this training, and we used to do it on flip charts before plasma screens came out, so it was pretty dope. Um, you'd have a little easel, and you'd have to flip through like these 20 different things. But the training manual for that interview was 30, 40 pages, and it was EQ'd, experience equals expectation, which is how people buy, is when their experience equals their expectation. And if you can pre-frame 
what it's going to be, then you do it, and then you let somebody know you do it, which is also the Jimmy P method um, for speaking, then you're going to have a much better opportunity to close the business. So I refuse to use these templates because it's no different than if the corporate office just sent it out under my email like they do anyway. And what does that matter? People are busy. They get tons of emails. So I work in the annuity space. There's roughly 10 companies that matter in that space. Figure an advisor is going to work with maybe three. Then there's their mutual funds, everything else. These people are getting inundated every day. Why do they want to talk to Mike? They've got other stuff going on. Why do they want to talk to you? Why do they want to talk to insert anybody's name here? You have to have a very good reason. And if your email messaging is incongruent with how they know you speak, you're not going to get traction with them. You're not going to get a callback. If your voicemail is wishy-washy, it's mamby-pamby, as they used to say probably in like the 40s. I don't know where I got that from. They're not going to call you back. If you're a leader in a sales organization, your folks aren't going to get calls back if you're teaching them that way. So this is a very uh, business-related podcast. Uh, No notes on this one. Um, My one note was one word, and that was reintroduce. So, yeah, uh, Mike Demon, I'm back. And if you're looking to increase sales efficiency in your organization... I'm your Huckleberry. If you want to reach me, uh, you can reach out through whichever app device that you're currently listening on. If you're driving, probably pull over before you do so. I've heard it's frowned upon in most states. But reach out to me. Rate, review, subscribe, obviously, because I'm back at it here. If you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me at Coach Mike Demo on Facebook. For now, it's just going to be easier on Instagram if you just hit me up at USMC3782. I look forward to helping you grow your business.